there is this alcohol use disorder spectrum. It's not quote unquote, unquote normies versus alcoholics. That there is like these 50 shades of gray. And at any point we can get curious about our relationship with alcohol. We don't have to label ourselves. We don't have to think of, I can never drink again. That's really scary because forever is a really long time. So let's just get curious about why am I drinking? What is it serving me? What is it gonna cost me if I don't take a break from drinking? Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and this is Mom to Mom, the podcast. I am so glad you're here today because we are diving into a real hot topic. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Today, we are talking about alcohol. Ugh! It's kind of a loaded subject for a lot of people. And Specifically, we're looking at our relationship with alcohol today. If you are curious and if you are willing to explore this, I think this could be a really interesting conversation. Perhaps you're one of these people who, during the pandemic, started leaning on alcohol a little bit too much. I know that this is the case, especially for a lot of women. We didn't have a lot going on during the pandemic, so you got used to having that glass of wine every night, and then it became a habit. And listen, I'm speaking from experience here. I'm definitely willing to explore my relationship with alcohol. So my guest today is so knowledgeable in this topic, and she's going to break it all down for us. Let me introduce you to Michelle Smith. She is the founder of the popular online community called Recovery is the New Black. And today, she's going to share her personal story and all of her knowledge when it comes to this topic and invite us to take a closer look at our relationship with alcohol. So we're always looking for ways to live our best lives around here. And if that means exploring this relationship, <laughs> then we'll do it. So sit back, relax, get curious, maybe a little uncomfortable because I'm talking about your friend and enjoy my conversation with Michelle Smith. Michelle, welcome to the Mom Cave. Thank you so much for having me. It's so cool to see you virtually in person because as you probably know, I've been following you from afar on Instagram and recovery is the new black and your whole platform. And I absolutely love it. So I'm so excited for you to speak to our audience today and kind of like maybe give them just a different way of looking at alcohol today. Yes, absolutely. And I've been following you as well. I love being able to connect with people and have a deeper conversation about really important things that matter. So thank you so much for having me. That's what's really nice about this platform too, is stuff like this. It's hard to just talk about it on a surface level. So it's nice when you can like dig in and really talk about it. And I really give you credit um, and your platforms for and we'll dig into this more, but I feel like there's something happening right now. I feel like there's a movement. I feel like being alcohol-free is chic and being alcohol-free is like something that people are exploring. It's not just black and white anymore. And I feel like you're one of the pioneers in this movement that is just making it kind of cool to maybe give up alcohol for a little while. So hats off to you. Thank you. So let's go back and talk about your journey a little bit and what got you to here today. You know, I had a predisposition to alcoholism. I noticed that it was problematic when I grew up within my father's drinking habits and my extended family. 
And it really gave me the perfect example of what not to be. I wanted to be like him in every fashion of the sense, excluding his alcohol abuse. He was a doctor, he was well-educated, he was, you know, the community adored him. And there was this little secret that they didn't know about. And so, you know, I really despised, to be honest, alcohol throughout high school and college. And I just didn't want to fall into that generational curse. And so I really avoided the opportunity to even explore my relationship with alcohol. And I became a mom and things just kind of changed. I was introduced to not only the mommy wine culture, but I was exploring motherhood for the first time as I lost my mother at the same time. Wow. That was really hard trying to get through bereavement and grief and loss and being undiagnosed with postpartum depression, feeling really disconnected and alone was really, really difficult. And my husband was deployed to war. And so, yeah, there was a lot going on at one time. Absolutely. There was a lot of moving pieces. And so, you know, I just really looked for deep connection and meaning and purpose and not knowing that there was that underlying depression. I, I was seeking comfort and connection with other women and everything that we would do associated around alcohol. It just really seemed to be the staple. And so I slowly just integrated alcohol into my, you know, randomly throughout the weekend or happy hour from here to there. And as we know, an addiction, you know, such as alcohol is a very progressive thing, very innocent. And over time, I would utilize alcohol as a way to decompress, to reward, to have fun, to celebrate. And it pushed away some of the other coping tools and some of the things that I needed to process to the side. And so I just drink it away. My habits just kind of got down the slippery slope from there. It gets you over time. And I think that's not what people, what a lot of people don't realize is it can all start as very social and fine and good until it isn't. And I read somewhere, I think it's a famous thing, but the drink, you have a drink, then the drink has a drink, then the drink has you. And I think about that. I think about that a lot. So for you, this progression obviously got to a place that made you want to change. Um, Was there a rock bottom for you or you just decided that this was no longer serving you? Both. I had multiple rock bottoms. I, I really truly believe that rock bottom has a basement when you continue to keep drinking and not really work through what it is for the reasonings for why you're drinking. And so, you know, I feel that after the fourth hospital stay for alcohol poisoning, I figured um, something clearly needs to change Michelle. And so at that moment, I accepted the need for help and went to treatment. And, you know, to be completely transparent and honest, I wasn't able to maintain my sobriety after I completed treatment and went back into my natural environments, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I think the breaking point for me was nothing significant on the day or the time I woke up and I told myself that I'm eliminating myself from my own family. And I know what it's like to be a child and not have parents. And I'm doing this to my children and the cycle can break here and it stops with me. And so knowing that all that really affected me of growing up and kind of being this adult orphan. I was not willing to sacrifice my kids any longer. And I really had to realize that this isn't just affecting me. This is affecting everybody who loves me. So how did you, how did you get out of this? Cause I'm asking because there are people out there who are saying, 
gosh, this sounds a lot like me, but what do I do? You know, I can't go to a treatment or are there some tools that you can offer to kind of simplify sobriety? It's not a simple thing at all, but I know you try to help people the best you can. Yes. I think it's really important for people to really realize that there is this alcohol use disorder spectrum. It's not quote unquote unquote normies versus alcoholics that there's like these 50 shades of gray. And at any point we can get curious about our relationship with alcohol. We don't have to label ourselves. We don't have to think of, I can never drink again. That's really scary because forever is a really long time. So let's just get curious about why am I drinking? What is it serving me? What is it going to cost me if I don't take a break from drinking? So let's consider taking a break for seven days or 30 days. Can you keep your promise to yourself or is it really hard? You get to see how connected alcohol is to your everyday life. How much of a staple has it become in your norm everyday activities? And so listen to some podcasts, get into some Facebook groups that are recovery centered, read some Quitlet which is about sobriety, people's memoirs, self-help, that it is okay to ask for help. And as soon as I set my pride and ego aside and really looked at my relationship with alcohol and my expectations that I had for myself before children and after children, my expectations were falling short every single time, which led to future resentments because I I couldn't keep up with what I did before at this stage in my life. And that's just a season and it comes and it goes. And it felt like this daunting, depressing motherhood stage was going to last forever and it doesn't. You mentioned a couple of things there that I wanna point out because they're kind of buzzwords that I'm hearing a lot right now. Sober curious was something I never heard of until the past couple of years. And so, as we mentioned at the beginning, this little bit of this little mini baby movement that's happening of these people who are sober curious, who may not, like you said, be on the spectrum where they would consider themselves an alcoholic, but just maybe not real happy where they are with their drinking at this moment. And this gray or the 50 shades of gray, like you said, this gray area drinking, another buzzword that I'm hearing about. And the reason I think that this podcast is important right now is there are a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of moms who during the pandemic got into drinking a little more than they wanted to. And now as we're coming out of it, as we know about alcohol, it can creep up on you. They're finding themselves in a place that they don't want to be. So, and for anyone out there too, who's thinking, I'm never giving up alcohol, love my wine, don't have a problem. I still encourage you to listen to this because we've been told a lot of lies. And I know my whole life was always a glass of red wine a night, good for the heart all these different things, all these different studies would come out. And now we're finding that science is telling us that actually no amount of alcohol is good for us. And this is new, right, Michelle? It is. Absolutely. And so there's people out there who are health nuts and they won't eat sugar and they won't eat carbs and all this stuff, green juices, but then filling their bodies with basically ethanol at the end of the night. So we just want to give you the facts, but I'm definitely seeing people out there like myself who are just like, curious, just like I am about everything else in my life. Can I do better in this area? Am I happy with the way things are going with alcohol? It's a tough question to ask, but once you start peeling it away, it can be really interesting. So do you have people reaching out to you that are in that boat? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, hundreds of messages every single week of people who are just either loving somebody who they feel is struggling or they're questioning their relationship, but they don't fall into a category of, you know, severe alcohol dependence. And so they're like, well, can I just be curious? What does that look like? And what do I do next? So you just simply take those steps of just self-awareness. How, how much and how important is alcohol in my life? And that's it. You don't have to stop doing it. Just how do you feel before? How do you feel after? You know, and I think it's important that some of us push through some of those negative consequences of drinking, such as a hangover the next day or losing our wallet and kind of giggling some of it off. And those are signs to your body. If you're a health and wellness fanatic, how do you feel about going to the gym and drinking celery juice, but then drinking a bottle of wine every single night? Is, is that matching up with your values and what you believe is part of your wellness journey? Is it bringing you closer or not? You don't have to identify as, as anything in regards to alcoholism. So if it's important to you, then honor that and continue to fall down a path that is supporting what it is that you want long-term. So we've been talking about being a little curious about the role that alcohol plays in our lives and the decision to kind of do that can be difficult to look in the mirror and all of these things. So if someone does decide, Hey, you know what? I am going to take a little inventory. I'm going to do a little data. I'm going to take a 30 day, take 30 days off alcohol or something like that. One of the hard things because of the way society is, is it's hard to say that to your friends, especially if all your friends are drinkers. So if someone does want to do that, do you have any tips for how to approach a little bit of an alcohol-free kind of experiment, if you will. Yes, I think it's really important to be as open and transparent with the people who support you and love you as possible. And so what I would do is text message them ahead of time. Hey, I'm taking this break to do the whole 30 or to cleanse my body. I'll see you at five o'clock. I'm still a lot of fun, right? So give them up front that I'm still the old me, but I'm taking this break and I want you to honor it. So it's creating this boundary. And because when you get to this restaurant or get to happy hour, a lot of times we can feel really insecure and question our decision. And then we start to fumble through and then we see everybody who's drinking. So come up with a game plan of reminding people that you're not catching them off guard and making it as less awkward as possible. So I think that's really, really important. Another thing that I really believe is truly important is swapping out your non, your drinking the alcohol for non-alcoholic alternatives. So make sure that you have some really yummy, special, fun drinks that might even mimic exactly what you enjoy drinking, but swap out the booze. So I love virgin mojitos. Um, those are delicious, right? You can switch out anything and get super creative. So anywhere that you naturally go into your garage fridge or your pantry, set yourself up to be successful because I really truly believe if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. So swapping out, letting people know and our confidence and our attitude towards taking this break, really it's this aura about us, right? So if we're excited and it's not a bad thing, People are going to be watching and they're going to be supporting us as long as we have a positive attitude about doing it. Yeah. Like you kind of like, it depends on what you bring to the conversation, right? If you come in like, wah, wah, I'm not drinking yeah. today, then that's the energy you're putting out there. And if you're sort of like, yeah, I'm taking a little break, no big deal. It's just so funny because 
say for example, someone gave up soda or milk. I'm lactose intolerant. I'm not texting my friends like, yo, I'm not going to be drinking soda tonight. I mean, it's just really, if you just look at it, it's just a substance, right? But we've put so much into it. Like you can't have fun or you can't go out or you have to explain yourself if you're not having a cocktail. But eventually I think it will be a little bit more normalized. And I am starting to see bars and restaurants carrying a lot more alcohol-free alternatives, which has to be amazing if you're going alcohol-free, right? So amazing. And the cool thing is, is that the more that the people who are questioning their relationship or just realizing that it's not serving them, the more they speak up with confidence and say, I'm ditching this for 30 days because I just want to do a cleanse versus somebody like me that kept drinking well, now I am so dependent on alcohol. I don't want to stop, but I have to stop. I don't want to be policed. They're standing up to for all of us and saying, this is gross. Like, you know, for me, I, I prefer to be a non-drinker. I have pride. I have a sense of confidence about myself. And so you're seeing that spread of that different levels of people that are in possibly a problematic relationship with alcohol be more vocal so you're seeing more selection you're seeing more organic conversation conversation versus just being i have to stop because i'm dependent or i'm going to lose my family my job and go to rehab i want to go back to the mommy wine culture thing for a second because obviously the show is called mom to mom and we have a lot of moms who watch and once this gets on your radar guys you're going to see it everywhere if you haven't already been conscious of it. But, you know, the T-shirts that are like mommy's sippy cup is filled with wine and wine o'clock. And when I was growing up, I do not recall seeing cocktail napkins and T-shirts and coffee cups that say this might have wine in it. And it's just become such a big industry. And listen, I love my wine. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. If you don't have a problem with it and you enjoy it fine. The problem I have is like you said, you had postpartum depression. You were struggling. You had just lost your mom. You had little kids. I feel like we're preying on the most vulnerable moms are in a really tough place. And so to give them something that can relieve a little pain, you're grabbing for it. And then a lot of people get into a bad place with it. So to me, when I see any of that signage, I just feel like it's unfair to the mom because we're setting themselves up for potential disaster. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with what you just said. And it's, it's really disheartening because, you know, what do our children think of this? Is it really funny to them? you know, or is it problematic to them? Are you really drinking because you enjoy drinking and just saying it's because you're a mom? And if momming's so hard, I took parenting classes and learned to restructure my boundaries with my children. Why am I drinking? Have I lost complete control? Is something need to change in my life? Am I working too many hours? Do I need to go to therapy? Because the solution is never gonna be in the bottom of the bottle. And once you start swapping, a social drink for an emotional comfort and utilizing it as a coping tool, the game changes. And I don't know if anyone out there has ever tried to parent while hungover, but I do not recommend it. <laughs> Ooh, it's a hard one. And then it becomes, you get in trouble with the law or the hospital or the doctor and then child protective services will come in to consider neglect because you were under the influence. 
You know, these kids are little, they're gonna break bones. You know, they're going to draw pictures of us with a wine glass in our third grade class during art. Like things just happen. It's not, we're not, none of us wanna be drunk moms, but stuff like, you know, we see going through Target, it's just glorifying all of the fun, cute, relatable things, but it stops there. They don't show the broken homes and the disasters that result from continuous problematic consumption. So I think it's really important that, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's giggly and it's fun and women connect, but is that all we have to do is connect over a bottle of ethanol? Because I know that we can have deeper, more meaningful conversations over coffee or tea or at, you know, the farmer's market. It doesn't have to be all about booze. So we've been focusing a lot on alcohol, but people have vices that come in all different shapes and sizes. And for moms, people who are overwhelmed, oftentimes we kind of lean into these vices when we're feeling anxiety and things like that. Some more harmful than others. Some could just be a simple Amazon addiction. Some could be scrolling too much and some could be hardcore drugs and alcohol that get you in big trouble. What do you say to people who are struggling with any type of addiction? I imagine there's some inward thinking that has inward looking that has to happen and figure out like what's really happening here. What's really going on. Absolutely. The first thing I think is really important for regardless of the addiction is you're not alone. Even when you feel like you are, you need to remember that you're not alone and that other people are struggling. It's just maybe not as normal to have conversations around that. And knowing that you're not alone provides an opportunity to seek therapy, to seek support groups, to talk to a trusted professional or a friend saying, I think, you know, I think I'm doing this a little bit more than I would really like to. And that starts the conversation of normalcy and seeking support and resources towards, again, like you said, leaning inward and creating more confidence, self-awareness, boundaries, right? Why am I doing this? What other ways can I take care of myself in a different way that gives me a similar relief that doesn't put me into situations that are dangerous or, you know, financial hardships? Because that's the stuff that is detrimental to not only us, but our family. So, you know, lean inward and really a lot of it's mindset because what we do comes from somewhere. We're getting some gratification out of it. So reach out to somebody and have meaningful conversations about what is going on to be able to create a plan of what is, what's the go-to plan? What, what do I need to implement and what do I need to change before this gets completely out of hand and you're not broken you're not alone and we can continue to keep moving forward. We're just going to adjust accordingly and keep going. And that community is so important too. wherever you are in your curiosity, if you're curious, curious or not, just people like you online who are, you're able you know, to access and all of that has been great. And I think also just being comfortable, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. And I feel like this conversation today may have annoyed some people, you know, they're like, why are they bashing alcohol? And that, that's not what we're doing. We're just exploring. We're getting curious. So Michelle, thank you so much for all this. Please let everyone know where they can find you out there. Yes, I have across all social media platforms. I'm on recovery is the new black for a username. And you can find me there on my website. Recovery is the new black. 
Thank you so much. This was eye-opening. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked the podcast, I ask you to rate and review. It means so much to us, and it just means that more and more people can use this as a resource out there. So thank you so much for being here. Remember, if you're in the New England area, you can watch Mom to Mom the good old-fashioned way on TV at 11.30 a.m. on NBC10 Boston on Mondays. That's all the business, and I'll see you next week here on Mom to Mom. Mom to Mom.